podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. behind women's cricket chat that's georgie cassie mihika and alex coming up on today's podcast welcome to this bonus episode of women's cricket chat so today myself and alex are joined by the ever wonderful lydia greenway and joining us also we have lee and katie so if you guys could just introduce yourself lydia we've had you on the pod before but just say why you're here to join us today to talk about female cricket attire, the kit, the stash, everything that that involves around the game and why it's so important to you? Yeah, obviously, I think, you know, from equipment point of view, which is obviously where I started, I guess, um, down in lockdown with with the female cricket store, that was something that came about from an influx of young girls who have started playing the game, but don't necessarily know where to get their kit or equipment from because Traditionally, I think the girls who have played the game over the years, they've always had a male relative to sort of guide them through, you know, where they can get their kit from. But more and more now, girls and older females are getting involved in the sport through whether it's school or turning out for women's softball festivals and they don't really know where to go. So, yeah, the female cricket store is about giving them that opportunity so that when they go there, they know exactly what's what. Everything is relevant and suitable for for female cricket store um for female cricketers and then obviously most recently we've we've developed a partnership with Lee and Katie who are um a, the brilliant people behind Lacuna which is a, a brand new clothing range for for specifically for women's cricket and you know these guys have been amazing and um they've spent pretty much the last four years I think it is guys yeah, trying five to years. To build everything and and get it off the ground. So, yeah, we've been working together for, well, Lee and I actually um, first spoke, I think, during lockdown, wasn't it, Lee? Um, And then things have gone from there, which has been really exciting. So basically, while the rest of us were baking banana bread and trying to remember how to knit, you guys were like, you know what? Actually, we're going to start a movement and look into something that's really important to a whole you know, the whole one half of the cricket world, female cricketers. So um, Lacuna Sports, if you could just give us a little background to you guys and how important it was to you to get this off the ground and look into the women's game and female athletes and how important attire is for them. Sure. Um, Thanks for joining us and always, always cool to be sitting next to Lydia as well. So thanks for that. Um, as you can probably hear from my accent, I shouldn't know anything about cricket. And uh, growing up in the U.S., certainly didn't know about it, but grew up as a as a female athlete. And um, I guess it was about, yeah, four or five years ago, um, actually before lockdown, and probably as a direct result of all the good work Lydia was doing in schools and trying to get girls in the game, my, at the time, kind of preteen daughter, um, picked up cricket one day and said, you know, we did this at school. It was really fun. Can I go to the club with my brothers? 
Um, and she went and a lot of the other girls doing lots of sport like Caroline were there. And so it seemed like there was a bit of something going on. Um, I just quit my corporate job and was hanging out, watching my kids do stuff that I hadn't seen them do before, much to their dismay. And uh, Caroline just found that she really loved the game. And what really started the idea for Lacuna is there was one day she was playing in a boys academy. She's probably about 12 at the time. And uh, there'd been an England bowler who was there saying, Caroline, you got to get in there. Don't worry about the boys. Just smash it. Who cares? And she was feeling pretty pumped up and was about to go into bat. And they said, you need to go put your box in. And she was like, box? Like, I don't have, you know, picture a 12 year old girl in front of a bunch of boys. She half fan. And she's like, oh, I don't have the bits. And, you know, all the boys are chucking boxes at her and all this stuff. And, you know, dumb American, what do I know? I was like, well, a lot of sense, does it? You know, what do girls wear? And I just assumed someone had sorted it. And Caroline was liking her cricket and looked into uh, Long story short, it seemed like we had one of the fastest growing women's sports in, in the country and potentially growing in the world. And, and yet they were all stuffed in the men's pajamas. So it just annoyed me. And the more conversations I had, first of all, people were really responsive. And this is even before COVID, people took my calls. Um, people got really responsive during COVID because they had nothing else to do. But it just seemed ridiculous. And so um, I set out with basically no previous experience to just talk to women cricketers and see what they needed. And a piece of paper, a female performance sports designer, and a lot of ladies who told me what they wanted, what they didn't. And along the way, luckily, I have Katie here, who was just a dear friend from the side of the pitches, her daughter's play. And through my good fortune, she also has a fashion background. So somewhere, kind of was like, Katie, and so a friendship turned into, and Katie's been with me ever since to help me navigate. And we basically, between us, can be found in the mid in midnight um in a cricket eating crisps and talking to women and girls sides or clubs so uh we've been live we launched last may and that was with our main collection working with our local club and women we knew people like lydia to just try things out see if we'd gotten it right and then this season is our first team wear season so we've got our collection you can just buy bits and bobs or you can get bespoke team wear for your club or school and so we've been um, busily delivering our first uh, wave of kit this season. Well, that's mega exciting on the box front. So a funny story for everyone. When I was really young, I looked at a box. Um, I have an older brother. Luckily, before I tell this story, it was new, fresh out of the packet. I definitely thought it was a gas mask. So I was like, oh, look, what's this for? Obviously put it straight on my face and my whole family were like, that is definitely not what it's for. So um. It's a bit of a strange one with boxes and kits. So that always clicks in my head. And I'm like, thank God it was new. Otherwise, that would have been very strange. So at least we don't need them. And we don't have to deal with smelly boxes and, yeah, any of that. So, um, uh, yeah, don't, don't. Still scarred, even though it was new. I just have to remind myself that it was new. It's okay. Um, So, Lydia, (laughs) your career, obviously, you've been... You've been there, done that, seen it all. When you started out, did you were you did you find yourself sort of having to wear the men's kit? Because you're like me, you're fairly tall. I always found that I had to wear the men's pads, which then or the boys' pads were long enough, but I got proper chickeny legs. They would just spin round almost when I ran, and then you're sort of waddling like you've wet yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And I think, I don't know if you were the same, but when I was growing up, um, I never really questioned the equipment or the clothing. You just sort of accepted that that was just what you had to wear. I think that was largely because there weren't many girls playing at the time. So you just had to make do with what you were given. But I think looking back, absolutely, you know, the pads are bulky. You get the overhanging strap. Um, Obviously, the gloves are bigger as well. And then the weight of the bats. So I think, you know, more and more recently, I think people have started to question, actually, so much of this equipment hasn't been um, designed or developed with the females in mind. Um, Luckily, that's changing. Um, And my experience was exactly the same with clothing as well. You know, my first England shirt or kit, I was saying this yesterday, like literally it was massive. It was like a parachute. And you look back and genuinely on a windy day, we could have been knocked over because they were that big. And you just look back and you think, wow, like that is one barrier, which for a lot of young girls that could have just completely put them off off playing the game. And so, you know, luckily people like Lee and, and Katie with Lacuna are, are really addressing that. And I think, you know, with all of this stuff, like it's not about pinking it and shrinking it, which is is a phrase I think is relevant to, you know, sometimes what can happen when you think of giving or making kit for females. It's actually, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and so, yeah, these guys have spent so much time in making sure that females have got choice. And that's more and more what it's about now, isn't it? It's about giving them choice, making sure that, if we can take one barrier away to playing cricket, because there are a few, you know, the equipment can be expensive, you know, it can be perceived to be boring and long and complicated. So by sorting out the sort of clothing and equipment barrier, you just hope that more and more women and girls will, will play the game. And Lydia, it's such a shame that when you were playing for England, things like this happened. Hopefully things have improved, but, you know, it seems to be a bit of a slow burner but perhaps with both yourself and Katie and Lee what is it that girls ask for the most in terms of equipment uh pads stuff like that yeah I think with the equipment the thing that they really appreciate is um first of all the fit so we work with some brands who have they've worked directly with um, former and current players um, to sort of develop their range. Um, Generally, they're a bit more lightweight. The straps are shorter, so you don't get that overhang. And sometimes people are like, why does that even matter? But I've had it where I've had an overhanging strap on my pad and the ball sort of flicked the strap. It's gone through to the wicketkeeper. The bowl is appealed and the umpire has actually thought it's been my bat hitting the ball, but it's actually been the overhanging strap, which has hit the ball. So it can have a direct impact on your performance. And then with the bats as well, obviously um, more lightweight. Um, one of the brands that we've we work with have developed this really cool bat where it's still the same height as a short handle bat. Um, but the um, the blade is slightly shorter and the handle is longer. So they've taken weight out of it. Um, and I've actually used one myself and, it, and it's brilliant. So there's different ways that, that you can sort of change the, the equipment to make it more suitable. And then just simple things like the labeling, you know, boys and men's is generally what's been used or, you know, small, medium, large and um, 
it's the same with the clothing as well I think you know just having labels that are, are suitable for for females is is really important um and yeah I know working with with Lee and Katie just giving them a choice because we're not all the same sizes um and that that's really important and Lee and Katie when it comes to that kind of stuff how do you go about sort of finding out what people want I guess you have to really spread the research across a really wide demographic from youngsters getting into the game to the people who are still playing as grannies this that and the other you know village cricket they made the cakes and then they play as well so how do you go about doing that research and then incorporating it into your kit yeah, it's it's a good question. And that's the bit that took us the longest, but also that we keep doing. I mean, that's why we're out there all the time is we learn as we go. I mean, the first, both of us are kind of teenagers playing county level cricket um, in kind of Surrey, Middlesex um, areas. So it's very heavy in this 11 year old plus teenage wave that's come through and most of them are playing hardball cricket. So fine was looking at that demographic and thinking, okay, they're shaped differently. They have different preferences. So everything we did um, for the clothing, we've got two different, a more shaped cut. We have a more relaxed cut um, that goes for trousers and tops. We have long sleeve and short sleeve, which is almost unheard of with women. They never get long sleeve tops. Um, and then we have period pants. We have all sorts of other little bits that that enable a woman to play. It's even little things like one of the first clubs we talked to with was Hempstead. And they said, I want zippers, but I, I want zippers that don't make my hips look big. Or if then others who said, when I'm playing county, I need to put my thigh pads and my trousers, but I don't want to look like a clown, nor do I want to be stuffed in later. So allowing trousers that are shaped for different body styles but that can accommodate pads. Also the number one, every fabric decision, it can't be transparent. It has to actually drape well on a woman's body. We've done, everything is made in Europe. Um, in our collection, it's sustainable, beautiful materials. In our uh, team wear, it's sublimated, but still really high quality Italian uh, recycled fabrics. Everything's been made with the function of the, the game, You know what's needed for the game, but also how it can still look good on your body. Um, so that's been critical. We learned, you know, back to the, the the demographic of our girls, what we didn't know being where we are. Um, once we started getting out talking to clubs, we weren't even aware of this older group of women just coming to softball cricket. We kind of figured softball cricket was maybe some fit mums around who played sport before or some post-uni ladies. We have found three a totally new demographic of women who may have never even been that active before getting out and playing. And one thing we had to pivot really quickly on is if we are saying we want every single woman on the pitch to feel on there, that they look like a team, but feel comfortable, we realized we didn't have all the right sizing. So we've added additional products and sizes to make sure that from the littlest string bean 12-year-old to a maybe 60-year-old they can rock up on the same pitch, look like a team, be in the same colored kit and the same everything, but they don't feel stuck that they're wearing a bag. Um, I think Katie, I don't know. I mean, from from your background and expertise, you're always you're always thinking of something better than. Um, I don't know if you have on on that. 
well, I think we're really lucky that we are tiny. We're just we're just us. We've got a, a wonderful designer and a, a product developer and a, a graphics person, so we can move really quickly. And I think that's one of our huge advantages. Um, we're also really open to listening. So as soon as somebody says, you know, another thing we found with the county players is they have to wear their pads underneath and often girls say, oh, but there's not a changing room and I don't have anywhere and I've got to quickly take my trousers down to put my pads under. Well, a girl doesn't want to just drop their trousers. So we've designed a you know pair of white knick shorts to go underneath your trousers. So, you know, you can drop your trousers and put your pads on. Um, and these are all things we've learned from speaking to people who play the game and being totally open. You know, as Lisa, we started with the fairly shaped trouser thinking, oh, you know, women want, you know, women have, have boobs, they have hips, they, you know, want to have clothes that actually fit. And then finding actually there's a lot of long, lean girls that also can't go into men's trousers. So then quickly, oh, let's do another style that will accommodate that shape. So I think it's just we want, we have this desire to keep girls playing and whatever it takes, we'll adapt and sort of, you know, we've also had someone the other day that said, oh, I quite like a T-shirt. I don't really like a collar when I play. So our designer is quickly working on a T-shirt shape. Um, or someone says, oh, I, I want a really relaxed hoodie that I can wear to the games. So we're trying to be um, as as robust and, and sort of quick as we possibly can to incorporate pieces into our range to allow girls and women to say, oh, I've actually got a choice and I've been able to get something that really suits my game. Helped us. I wanted to pick up on something that you'd said, Lee, that you're very conscious about using sustainable materials for your clothing, which I think is an absolutely phenomenal and brilliant thing to do especially like we're all we're always talking about sustainability and how to make things better I just wanted to know when when you were sort of thinking about it, was that always in the back of your mind to make sure that lacuna is as sustainable as possible yeah well after I failed the banana bread test and COVID and needed a few more hobbies um I actually took a course with the British Association of Sustainability and Sport so this is at the very beginning of my thoughts on lacuna and I just wanted to understand I was thinking if I'm going to make a clothing line the last thing I'm going to do is put more rubbish into the world and so I just wanted to educate myself and ironically most of the guys at basis come from cricket and so I had a lot of exposure into the world of cricket through the lens of sustainability and they had written a really interesting paper called hit for six and it's about the impact of climate change on cricket in particular and if you look at particularly sublimated kit, and yes, we're making it, I'll come back to that. But most cricket wear is cheap polyester. They've tried to do some research to find out what happens to it. It's probably in everyone's garden shed. Um, you can't, the minute it's been sublimated or it's had logos put on or whatever, you can't recycle it. And there's not as, as much upcycling in the sport. So although it's been nice to see colored kit come in, um, the minute you sublimate it, you, you can't do anything with it. So it just, it was one of those things very early on that I just thought if the game is burning up, literally, I don't want, I need to make sure I'm circular. I need to make sure that my number one goal is to produce what women need. But if I'm making it, I need to make it well. I need to make it to me and I, I need to make it circular. So what we've done where we do have to sublimate for teams is we're using, again, European our recycled polyester we're using factories that are using the best practices. And then we also are working with charities that we can upcycle at the end. If you go to a club and you high quality kit that has been made of recycled materials and that will last. Um, and then we've also treated it with antibacterial, which makes it not get stinky fast. 
but we will also work if you want us to take your old kit and get that to a new team, or you want it to go back into the world someplace else. It's something that we really believe in. And then in our collection, we have a little bit more luxury to use really cool cutting edge performance materials. And those are a little bit more expensive, but those are absolutely certified to the hilt. And so it just felt right. And again, I think we're lucky, as Katie said, because it's just us and because we're new, we're not living with the legacy of expected margins or cost bases that a lot of the big brands have. And so that's just something that we're always learning. We tried to do everything without hang tags and without labels. And we kind of thought, okay, that didn't really work. If we're selling in Europe, we have to have labels according to EU standards. So we're always kind of learning and adapting, but it's all started with the principle of trying to keep it as sustainable as possible and keep our practices as circular as possible, which is why you see us in, in our tootling around the country in our little electric car. So, you know, we try to do everything consciously. And I think also it's just important that then it doesn't just sit in the attic in your house for the next however many years. I think I have stashed from when I was like 14 that is in the loft at my mum's house. Just give sit. it to us, Georgie. We'll take care of it. Well, like, honestly, if you want it, it's probably really man-sized, you know, 14 years ago. It's it's the proper old school man-sized stuff. I could I could model it for you sometimes. You know, you have to roll over the top like a hundred times, even though I'm really tall, but yeah. It was a fun, and then you have this sort of bulge, like when someone's rolled up their school skirt. I don't know if you ever did that. Don't know why we did yeah, that. My boarding school. Don't know who was looking, but we did it anyway. Um, and Lydia, I just wanted to touch on a bit about equipment rather than necessarily clothing. We've seen quite a lot of it in football lately. You know, we've seen a lot of ACL injuries, and people talk about the boots are made for men. Like when you go and try and find a pair of boots, I got I got big man feet. I'm a size nine, so I have to buy men's boots regardless is that something that you're also really focused on you've obviously we look at bats and their weight and their size but then pads and then clothes footwear as well as the clothing to sort of prevent injury yeah definitely so it's something I can't say too much about it at the moment but it's something I'm working on um behind the scenes is this actually being able to offer spikes for female feet because it isn't just about the, the female foot being smaller than a man's foot. It's the biomechanics of it. It's how the foot is actually um, built, like the the arch in the in the sole of the foot is different to that of a, a men's. All, all the sort of things that we might not think about, there are differences. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, that's something. It's probably one of the biggest inquiries that we get get from our customers is you know are there any female specific spikes out there and I think there's only ASICs which are over in Australia um who we try to team up with but um they're just keeping it to Australia so yeah that's just meant we've we've had to look elsewhere but I'm keeping everything crossed that that problem at the moment will be will be um solved very soon um because it's it's important isn't it I think you speak to people like um, Izzy Wong or you know Catherine Brunt the amount of force that goes through that front foot on their landing is phenomenal so if you haven't got the right protection around your ankles like I remember when I was playing I ruptured the ligaments in both my ankles um, now you can't be sure as to whether that was because I wasn't wearing the right spikes but you wonder how much of an impact or how much of a reason that might have played um, within that so yeah, it's for me, that's the next thing that has to happen. Um, and females have to be wearing 
you know, spikes that are for them because you don't get a pair of trainers that are a men's size seven. You get a pair of trainers that are a women's size seven. So I think that should be absolutely this absolutely the same for cricket spikes as well. Yeah, we actually had a instance like this on Twitter a few weeks back. I don't know if you saw it. There was a girl, I think she was between the ages of 13 to 15. She wanted to play cricket, but she just couldn't find spikes. So she put out like a call on Twitter to see if anyone could. Someone actually, I think they said like the female cricket store, someone said painter, but it is such an issue for female cricketers that there isn't equipment available. And I know you guys, both of you are doing a phenomenal job in you know curbing that market and making it more fairer for female cricketers so I commend you both on that really (laughs) it's important Um, isn't it yeah I just wanted to touch on something else you mentioned earlier Lee regarding female specifics you mentioned the period pants because this is something that we've heard a lot about recently we've seen a lot of it in football changing shorts from white to navy or that kind of thing white to black and cricket notoriously you wear whites obviously we see we don't see that much test cricket in for women at the higher levels but when you first start and you start everyone wears their whites and that kind of thing so how are you how do these period pants work and how are you combating this in at lacuna and to help girls feel comfortable because the last thing you want to go out there is play cricket and worry about that yeah it's that was one of the first products that um, frankly came to mind because um, my daughter, I'm sure she just loves all the conversations we have about her and her periods, but um, I was amazed when she, At least she didn't wear a box on her face. They have... no, no, she didn't. Although it might've been more useful on her face than on, on, Maybe. on her pelvis. Yeah. But I was amazed by period pants. And when I, when I was a, a teenager, I played competitive golf and that was a sport that women didn't play um, at the time, and I used all the men's stuff, but I remember being absolutely terrified in the middle of a competition about when I was going to find the next toilet, um, and being worried. And you know, you're thinking in your backswing, "Oh God, is there a spot?" You know, we've all been there. Um, we've talked to people across all sports, including including like um, Scottish horse racing and other people. Periods are an issue. Um, imagine that half the population actually has periods once a month, and we do nothing about it. So, you know the the way we looked at it was it is a piece of equipment, just like a box. Um, you know, if you've got a willy, you need a box. If you have a period, you need period pants. It's what allows you to play your game. Um, and at least our take on the whole whites debate, um, we're all for whites, we're all for colors, we're all for whatever the player wants to play. We're not playing cricket. But, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Test cricket is still seen as the pinnacle for so many of us and for a woman to actually get the chance to show up in the ashes and then be told oh well you're a girl so you can't wear white I don't like the idea we talk about this a lot what I'd rather say is give them the right equipment and let them make a choice give them white trousers that fit them give them period pants that match their skin Um, give them what they need and then let women decide what they want. And if they still say, you know what, I feel more comfortable in colored kit, then have at it. And Lacuna makes both, but we just feel it's almost like your battle armor. What do you need to go in and play? Uh, As far as we're concerned, period pants are a no brainer. That should have been, you know, it's a ponytail cap. We do good hair ties. It's what do women need to actually go out and play cricket? Period pants is, it's the first thing on the list. You're out there on a patch of grass with everyone staring at you for long periods of time in white trousers, you know, duh, period pants. And I think it also helps in a way to destigmatize the tabooness of 
periods because I'm sure we can all remember when we were teenagers getting our first period and how awkward and uncomfortable it is and I think having like you say the right equipment period pants it's it's taking away that sort of awkwardness and taboo and you know it's giving back that strength and that power to women to say do you know what we get periods doesn't mean it's going to stop us from doing our job I think the other thing on that is with periods um like it's not as relevant to what we're talking about but it does affect players like I played with at international level some of the players I played with really struggled with with the the pain that they went through to the point where sometimes they just couldn't train so I think sometimes we forget that yeah obviously the sort of visual element of it as well the possibility of leaking but it's, we do have to deal with it as well don't we and still try and perform which is is another tricky thing at times and just want to touch because I don't want to keep you forever I want to touch on another joyous aspect of the just as my dog starts trying to play with his ball oi toppers it's not a time for that toughers don't he, he's obviously not interested in listening to my talk of period pants anyway um on another aspect of the female anatomy is bras and boobs and playing sport with that and how are you dealing with that aspect of it because obviously we have different sizes there's different you know a batter isn't going to necessarily have that impact put through the chest area perhaps as a bowler I don't know necessarily what research has gone into the impact on breasts and that tissue when bowling and it must be quite a lot we know about how much goes through the foot and the ankle so how are you using your space as a female sports brand and attire and a female cricket store to sort of look into this aspect of it as well like Lydia you were there at Fairbreak last year when Deirdre was conducting all the research and we know so many girls have the wrong size sports bra or have had one for too long what is it you guys are doing to look into that as well uh, from the lacuna side what we've tried to do with everything thing is say, can we make a better product? Can we make the product that people need? And where we can, we do. And where we think something like spikes, Lydia and I have been talking about spikes for years. I'm not a shoe expert. I'm not a foot expert. I feel that should be left to experts. We're happy to be involved where we can. Bras is another thing. And you mentioned, Georgie, we're all different shapes and sizes. We we work, um, we love Boobidoo um, as a brand. And what we love about them is they're agnostic to a brand. They'll, they'll sell any kind of bra, but they're experts at fitting sports bras to a particular sport. And then they offer a full, full range of sizes. So what we would rather do in the way of bras is say you need one, um, but we'd like you to work with someone who's an expert. Because if we were to put out a sports bra, for a little company, we're not going to put out 46 different styles of sports bras that accommodate everyone. We'd probably put out one or two and that wouldn't be good enough. So we'd rather almost like use the experts. I don't know, Katie, you work a lot with Well HQ on some of these discussions and the impact of sport. I don't know if you have anything to add there. No, I think it's right. I think one of the um, one of the things we found recently was if you're not wearing the correct sports bra, it adds a mile to your marathon. So the really is the impact of not having the breast tissue supported. As Lee said, we're definitely not the experts, but the thing we found in the women's sport world and the cricket world is there's a real community and people really want to work together. I think that's what we're trying to do is sort of bring that knowledge and know-how. And then when we don't know something, we get the experts. So together with Lydia, we've been working with um, the we do and also the Well HQ who are incredible. They're sort of doctors and they're the science behind keeping girls and women in sport. And I know you touched on, you know, periods and, and the teenage angst, 
there's also the other end of the scale and you've got sort of menopause and and you know you then bleed again you know and, and it's all a bit uncertain again so there's no woman that's never been, that hasn't had a fear about leaking um there's probably no girl that's been utterly confident in in wearing the right bra so we're working with doctors with health experts to make sure girls and women are wearing the right clothing um from top to bottom and and if we don't know we'll we'll bring in the experts that'll help make sure girls feel happy yeah, and the Well HQ are doing amazing things. I just ordered their book, the female amazing, amazing. body, body vibe. So I'm ready to read that one um, over the coming weeks. I'm aware that we've only got a short amount of time left. So I just wanted to ask of all of you, what is the hope going forward from here? What's the, what's the dream? Lydia, do you want to kick us off? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I think, well, based on our conversation, I think Spikes, I think for the female cricket store, for us, it's about trying to find a good partner um, who have developed some really good Spikes. Obviously, with clothing, we're ticked off because we've got, obviously, Katie and Lee and Lacuna. So, yeah, I think for me, that will be in this space, definitely the the next step um, for us in terms of what we're able to offer. um, Because, yeah, it's very important that that females have, have shoes that fit them. I think for me, if I take a more ethereal path, my dream is that we're not talking about this stuff in a few years, (laughs) that women actually pick up a sport and when they go and get their bat or their ball or their racket or whatever, they also are getting um, clothing that's meant for their body and their sport and they can pick what they want and they're happy with it and it fits their body. So that would be my dream. Katie, do you have a dream? Well, my dream (laughs) Is, is um, based on this this what I entered into as a, as helping a friend out has become an absolute passion drive. I love it. Met people like Lacuna, Georgie and Alex. You've had us. Thank you. It's it's become such a dream. What terrifies me is these numbers of girls dropping out of sport, and I never knew I'd become so invested in trying to keep girls doing things that I loved as a child and have always loved and had supportive parents. Didn't have as didn't feel like I had as many barriers that a lot of people have today. Whether it's um, whether it's race, whether it's society, whether it's diversity, whether it's not having a role model, whether it's obviously kit and clothing. And the numbers are just terrifying. And sport gives you so much. So if we can be a small part of helping people, girls stay in sport, we'll, we'll feel happy. And I suppose one thing for me is what can we as a podcast and a platform do to help you guys in the work that you're doing to get your voice out there just how can we be better advocates and allies for you guys I think you're already doing it it's it's things like this it's all the women you talk to and normalizing and promoting the amazing athletes we have I mean the the one thing I'd say is imagine a world where we haven't had all these barriers and you had to be brave enough to play imagine the kind of female talent that would have stayed in sport Imagine how good we'll be um, in a decade if women just get to play. But I'd say keep doing what you're doing and get people pumped up to watch women playing sport. And uh, and and then we're halfway there. Well, that sounds pretty fantastic way to round things off. Thank you so much for joining us. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at GeorgieHeath27, at CassieCoombs98, at MahikaVarshini, and I'm at AlexJanePerrera. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. Young Tom's got a pressure turn. They've got to go. It's got a try. It's got to go to the Q.
Social Podcast Network.